It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Live to see it, friends, and welcome to the World Transformed. All this week, we're talking about possibilities. We're going to talk about three different kinds of possibility. The adjacent possible, the deep possible, and the hidden possible. I'm Phil Bowermaster, and with me in the virtual studio is my co-host, Stephen Gordon. How are you, Stephen? Hey, Phil. How are you? Super fantastic. Ready to talk about some possibilities? Absolutely. Let's get into this. Well, this is a follow-up we're doing to a show we did Actually, almost two years ago, we did it back in July of 2016, and we talked about all three kinds of possibility at once. It was a little bit longer of a show than we'll be doing this week, but we talked about these different varieties, and the one variety that we're going to be discussing in tonight's show is one we've talked about before, and that is the adjacent possible. This is a fascinating idea that we get from this fellow named Stephen Johnson. He wrote a piece, actually it's going on eight years ago now, at yeah. the Wall Street Journal called The Genius of the Tinkerer. This has been a, uh, would you call it a seminal idea for us, the adjacent possible? It's well, we, we coming back to going it. back to it. It's, uh, it's one of those things that I guess it just struck a chord. You could, you could have an idea, uh, you know, that, you know, humanity could perhaps fly and, and heavier than air aircraft uh, back in the time of Leonardo da Vinci. But it wasn't an adjacent possible for him. He could, you know, he, it wasn't time for us to invent a, an airplane at that point. There was too many things that, uh, too many prerequisites uh, that had to be knocked out of the way, right? Exactly. And yeah, what Johnson describes here is the present is kind of like we're in a room, and the adjacent possible are all the next rooms over. And so as we right. explore throughout the week, we'll talk about other possibilities that are maybe a little deeper, where you have to take a, a somewhat farther trip to get to them. But the adjacent possible is the, is the possibility that's in the next room. It's a couple of steps away. And he lays out the idea for it, actually talking about how life formed. He talks, let me just read a little section here. He says, the phrase captures both the limits and the creative potential of change and innovation. In the case of prebiotic chemistry, the adjacent possible defines all of those molecular reactions that were directly achievable in the primordial soup. Sunflowers and mosquitoes and brains exist outside that circle of possibility. The adjacent possible is a kind of shadow future hovering on the edges of the present state of things, a map of all the ways in which the present can reinvent itself. So what I thought we would do in this show is we'll try to talk really about those things that are adjacent. We have the pieces in place, and we can get to that next future. It really is just in the next room. We've, the heavy lifting is all been done, or most of it is has been done and the pieces are ready to fall together and that future is ready to happen and even when you lay that heavy of a set of rules down you're still looking at some serious possibilities here aren't you yeah it's one of those things where it's hard it's sometimes it's hard to say what's adjacent and what's not until you open the door right so you know maybe we maybe we should throw out some things that we think are adjacent and hopefully we're right about 
Absolutely. Well, we, we've got listed, our first one here is the cure for aging. And you provided a link to a story about Elizabeth Parrish. We've talked about her quite a few times over the last couple of years, ever since she has become prominent in the news with her attempt to reset her own biological clock, lengthening her telomeres. And the claim here is that Elizabeth Parrish, CEO of BioViva USA, Inc., has become the first human being to be successfully rejuvenated by gene therapy after her own company's experimental therapies reversed 20 years of normal telomere shortening. So she got 20 years back in her telomeres, and we're not going to spend a lot of time talking about the ins and outs of telomere length. What we will say is that that is a measure of biological age apparently not just something that's coincidental with age. Apparently, it, there is a cause and effect relationship between how long your telomeres are and how much longer you have to live. So if she truly has lengthened her telomeres, it's entirely possible that she has added 20 years of life expectancy to her life, if this, if this claim is correct. And if that's true, okay, so there's a couple of ifs there, but if that's true, we are on the threshold. We are one room away from dramatic life extension treatments becoming possible, becoming something that are available to a much broader group of people than just, you know, Liz Parrish and maybe a few other people that we haven't heard anything about. So that's huge. I mean, that, yeah. that, that is well, about that as big a... Well, that everything, doesn't it? It's yes. one of those things that changes society in every way. This is one of those things, Phil, that this is sort of a controversial claim. And so if, you know, if this is not... Uh, if if this is not given her this this extra amount of time, then it might not be adjacent. So uh, it's 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 one of those things that I, I suspect uh, we will see the first therapies for uh, rejuvenation within a few years. This may or may not be the first successful case. We we just don't know yet, as you said. Yeah. It, so. Once once someone is doing it, then it truly is adjacent. If this claim is true, it's adjacent. If it's not, if we're still yeah. hunting around for a way for it to work then it's deep. It's a deep possibility, and that's the kind we'll be talking right. about on the show on Wednesday. And in fact, when we were talking about topics for this show, one of the ideas that came up was a cure for obesity, because it seems like, well, if we're closing in on lengthening human life, surely a much easier problem like curing obesity, you would think easier biologically, that must be the adjacent possible too. But actually, as we thought through it, I don't think so, because I don't think we know what gene to go after yet. Right? Some of the parts are in yeah. place, but they're not all in place yet. We have CRISPR, so if we can ever say, there, that's the gene, if you hit that, people don't get fat, then it's the adjacent possible to do it. I think right now, as long as we're still, as long as we're still looking for it, that, that remains a deep possibility. Whereas, if telomeres can really be lengthened, and if artificially lengthened telomeres really do make you live longer, two big ifs there, <laughs> but if, if then we are one step away from life extension. And you know what? That gives us more time to work on the obesity problem. Let's face it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <so. laughs> or more time to be fat, however you want to, <laughs> however you want to look at that. <laughs> Which, whichever, yeah, however you want to look at it. Well, um, what about uh, going to Mars, say, Phil? Let's, so let's throw that one out. Um, you know, Elon Musk has uh, made it his uh, goal to uh, make humanity a uh, multi-planetary species. He... Um, is building the rocket, Phil. I shared a uh, an article with you today. I just thought, this is so cool. This is actually happening. He's building the rocket right now, and we'll test it with uh, some flights next year. And that's the rocket that will take us to Mars. It's the BFR. 
that seems pretty adjacent now. But uh, I think you you may have you 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 may not be quite as convinced as I am. Well, I would say that arguably going to Mars, sending humans to Mars, has been the adjacent possible since the time of Apollo. Right? Since we sent someone to the moon, it was it, it would just be a bigger rocket and a longer trip. Right? In some in some respects, it's like we've we've had technology that could have gotten people to Mars. We landed something on the surface of Mars in 1977. So I feel that having a manned mission to Mars ought to be adjacent possible at this point. And certainly now with a whole new generation of, of rocket technology coming online, a whole new approach to doing it, and with somebody spearheading an effort to take us to Mars, it feels yeah. pretty adjacent. With me, reusable like, rockets. Yeah, that makes yeah it, exactly. Uh, which makes it economically viable, right? So more nearly, yes. More nearly, <laughs> you know, yeah. People want to argue well, the economics of it, but it's it obviously it's going to be more nearly economically viable if you have reusable rockets. Some people are going to claim that it's still a fantasy, but let me tell you something: this is a much closer to reality fantasy than going to Mars would have been in the 1920s. Okay, you, you know what I'm saying? If if it's if yeah. it's not adjacent now, it's a lot nearer to being an adjacent possibility. And I feel that actually going to Mars probably is the adjacent possibility possible settling on mars which is elon musk's goal that's the question i think maybe when we get there and some people are actually there then that becomes the adjacent possible too right that we're, we're maybe we're one room away from putting people on mars maybe two rooms away from the permanent mars settlement what do you think is that splitting the difference yeah i, or, I go uh, along with that yeah i'll go yeah. along with that that's that sounds about right now so. we know that the self-driving car future is the adjacent possible. We've been talking about that for a long time. In fact, the technology is not even, it's not even fair to call that adjacent. It's, it's here, right? Talk about the heavy yeah, lifting yeah. has been done. Talk about the, the pieces are in place. We have it and it's rapidly improving. I mean, we could have a more or less functioning self-driving car tech economy with what we've got right now, or maybe one, one generation later. But what's adjacent, I think, is a scenario where they really are in widespread use, where, where that really is the kind of accepted way that high, highways work, that they're going to be full of autonomous vehicles. And when they're in widespread use, or, or when they're on course to replace most or all human-driven vehicles, there are obstacles, obviously, standing in the way of that happening besides just technological development. So that's why I say that one that future is not here, but it's adjacent. And if I was, if I were going to bet on any future, that's the one, right? That I feel quite yeah. certain that that we oh, will yeah. arrive at. I keep bringing up Elon Musk, uh, but uh, he was at at South by Southwest over the weekend. He said that within 18 months, um, self-driving cars would be better than the best human drivers. If that's the case, if uh, if if they're better than the best human drivers in all circumstances in 18 months then at some point, Phil, we have to make a decision as a society. Why in the world would we, uh, would we let normal drivers, you know, human drivers on the road anymore? We kill each other when we, dr when we try to drive ourselves, right? And, uh, well, it, it, you know what, Stephen? It becomes the same discussion we had last week about using robo-doctors, about letting an AI do diagnoses. At some point, you're letting people die, by not having autonomous vehicles on the road. Yeah, at some point, it's no longer reasonable not to engage the auto drive. That's right. That's right. At some point, we look at the death toll and we say we can't, we can no longer abide that. 
it's wrong for us to allow that to happen, and therefore we have to we have to make that switch. And I think that will happen a lot faster than most people are expecting. Because you know, when you go back to when we first started doing the podcast, self-driving car future was the hidden possible. Okay, let me just jump yeah, all the way, way off show. the that, future. It was that was the hidden was possible for most people. We could see yeah. the technology as adjacent, and now we see the actual implementation of it as adjacent. And it's, and it's very interesting. And you compare it to one of, say, our favorite kind of stock future scenarios, the flying car future, is not the adjacent possible at all, right? The heavy lifting work hasn't been done. We don't have all the pieces in place, and there's no social momentum. So I think that one makes a great comparison between the two. If you want to understand the difference between the possibilities that we're just on the verge of, that truly are adjacent, truly are sitting in the next room, and those that could be accomplished, but we're going to walk through several rooms. I think we will get to a flying car future, but it'll be a while. And also, speaking of Elon Musk, I think the electric car future, when cars predominantly are electric, is also the adjacent possible right up there with self-driving. Yeah, I think that ultimately we'll do that, and uh, and it'll be a cleaner future. I, I know a lot of people say that just moves the tailpipe, but, you know, and not if we're, we're getting a lot of our power from solar. <laughs> In fact, if, we, if, we're, if we're getting power from solar, if we're getting power from, say, clean nuclear, it doesn't just move the tailpipe. But even if it does just move the tailpipe, all I'm saying is, yeah, the electric car future, I think, is well on its way. I think it's, it's, right, right. it's going to be here. And just to bounce back to a few that we talked about, two we talked about last week, robot lawyers and ro- robot doctors, it remains to be seen. Are, we, are those adjacent possibilities or are those a little bit more deep? It depends, I think, on how well, impl- how well executed they are, maybe some of the unex- unforeseen consequences that arise around some of them, and, and some other factors just around social acceptance and some of that kind of stuff. So we may be one step away, but we'll revisit those on the Wednesday show and see where we are with those. We've talked a lot about post-employment, and I have a sequel to post-employment in the later two shows, so I want to mention that one. I think the adjacent, the, the, the world where employment has disappeared or is rapidly disappearing is definitely the adjacent possible. That is one room away, I think. Um, oh, yeah. But whether that means a good world or a bad world is a, an entirely different question. And we'll get to that when we talk about the deep possible on the next one. And then my final Absolutely. example is the conversational user interface. We've been talking about this one for a while. I'd say the pieces are just about there. What do you think? Well, I mean, we already have to some extent talked to our smartphones and you know set timers and do very small things like that. I, I press a button and say, call my wife, and it, it, and it does, things like that. It's, it's still got a long way to go. The pieces are there and are improving exponentially. The pieces are improving fast. Yeah, might, might have to move that one into the deep column. That might not, might not be able to say. I don't know if anyone's using a conversational user interface yet, not a real one. And if it doesn't exist yet, yeah. the idea that we're all going to have it is maybe a couple of rooms away. But it can happen really fast. And I think it's interesting to note that whether that the social impact of something has nothing to do with whether it's deep or adjacent. We are adjacent to some huge changes. Self-driving cars is an enormous social change. Obviously, it's hard to think of anything much bigger than curing aging. These are long-term society impacting changes that, that will be occurring, and they could occur very soon. We could be sitting right on the verge of those. Whereas something like nuclear fusion, which we'll talk about tomorrow, 
we've been looking for for a long time. We thought we had good reason to expect it, and it's still not here. So we'll, we'll pick that up in our discussion of the deep possible. But I think we've laid out a pretty good groundwork here by talking about what's adjacent. So I'll tell you what else is adjacent, Stephen. The show we're going to do on Wednesday. We'll revisit right. the possible then, and we'll talk about deep possibilities. It's been great talking with you all. And until next time, live to see it. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. You know you Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.